As I was pondering about sharing today, I felt like talking about a couple different worlds. What a world that is outside and around us, and we hear all about it. But what about the world that is inside us? And so I'm calling this message, Strengthening Our Inside Management, because there needs to be a management level within us to actually function to the fullness of what God has called us into. And I'm going to say some points here that, and some questions. You know, what do you time, spend your most time thinking about? Because honestly, what you think mostly about will so radically affect you. It will affect who you are. It will affect your faith. It will affect your understanding of identity. It will affect the people around you. What you spend most of your time thinking about is going to radically change things in your inside management system within you. It's extremely important that we manage this inner world, this inside management inside, because if we stay focused on all the issues and all the problems that are going on today, you will live in, in a lack of faith or you will live with problems, issues, depression trying to attack you. And we need to clear our minds and have a renewed mind in Jesus Christ. So we must look after our thought life. I believe our thought life is one of the most powerful, if not the most influential perspective of our identity of who we are. Where your thoughts go, so will you follow. And so if your thoughts are com com constantly in fear of the world, in fear of cancer, in fear of viruses, in fear of COVID, in fear of dying in a car accident, if your mind is constantly in fear that you're going to get struck by lightning, fear of something, then you will live in that understanding of fear is your life. But that is not our destiny. That is not what God called us. That is not what this Bible says that we are. We have to look after our thoughts. Sometimes you can't always change life. How many of us right now would love to change life around us? So you can't always change life. You can't always change what's happening around you. But if you align your mind with the word of God, God will change your life. You want to change your life? Do not focus on the things around. Align your mind, your thoughts with the word of God. And God will change your life. And if your life is changed through him, it will change the world and the people around you. That's called the power of testimony. Because when this change happens, people see the change. Can you imagine right now, in this time of massive depression, our suicide rates have skyrocketed, depression is skyrocketing, divorces are skyrocketing, child abuse is skyrocketing. Why? Because everyone's locked into their house. And they're all living in fear. Not everybody, but many are living in fear. And so can you imagine... If you have the joy of the Lord as your strength, and when you go into the mall, you're happy and joyful. When you're talking with people, you're happy and joyful because you are the light of the world. You have a good news in you. People look at you. They'll have an option of one of two things. One, they're going to be completely offended at you because they're grumpy and you're happy. Or two, that testimony will change your happiness and move towards their grumpiness, and their grumpiness will start to come up into a happy level. And we get to share the gospel of Jesus to them. 
Because when God changes your life, your testimony does change the world. You know, I, I thought about insider trading. It's illegal in the marketplace. It's if you have stocks and you know that your stocks are going to crash, so before they crash, you sell everything out right away. And then when they all crash, then you can buy them back at a lower price and you make a ton of money. And I thought, you know, insider trading, it's illegal in the world because it gives you an unfair advantage. And I thought, but the kingdom of God is what we carry inside and his presence, his power, his love, it becomes our advantage. It's like an insider trading experience going on inside. And it's illegal in the world, but it's totally legal in the kingdom of God. That as we start to learn and we grow, we become stronger, that inside God's kingdom in us starts to come out. And we see that we get answers. We don't live in fear. The blessings of the kingdom inside us is kind of like a little bit of insider trading going on to the world. Let's learn about inside management. Turn, to, turn into scriptures to Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ... Seek those things which are above. So if then you were raised with Christ, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Seek the kingdom. Seek heaven on earth as it is in heaven. Let's seek his presence if we know Jesus Christ. Verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on the things of this earth. If we know Christ Jesus, we, we are raised up in Christ. And we, we, we literally have to acknowledge and understand in our own hearts that Jesus Christ is not wearing a mask in heaven. He is not, I'm not against you wearing a mask. I'm against people forcing you to wear a mask. I'll be honest with you. Matter of fact, I've never ever had a mask in my Bible. And here I got one now. Just in case. Never know. I truly believe what I breathe is the air of his presence and his glory. Anyways, another message. If we were raised in Christ, you know Jesus Christ. Seek the things above. Do not let this world dictate. Do not put your mind onto the issues and the problems of this world. Because of all the information we received, you know, I think back 20 years, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, what information did we receive? It was called a paper newspaper. It was made out of paper, like they cut trees down to print on it. And we didn't have, like, I mean, I remember in the 80s, late 80s, I had a cell phone that was one of the first cell phones out, and it looked like I had to wear this big purse. It was like a big battery-powered, and it had a handset like a regular phone. I think it produced 25 watts. It probably totally microwaved me. I probably was, could have baked bacon on it for breakfast. It was that powerful. And it even only went like, what was it, five, six miles at that time? That was it. All that power didn't go anywhere. Technology's changed it. You think... Uh, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, what people dealt with with information. 
You think of it now. We are on overloaded information. We can get it on my iPad. We can get it on my phone. I can get it on my laptop. I go into a store and there's a big screen TV with the news going. I sit down to eat somewhere. There's a TV with the news going. I'm like, are you kidding me? We are overloaded on information, which is a biblical prophecy in the last days. Because of this information we receive, we are aware of everything that is going on in the world around us. How many of you know that if you listen to the news and you listen to things online and different things, you get completely different things going on? You get conspiracies, you get military invading America, you get everything's okay, you get, you know, the right is completely wacky, you get the left is completely wacky. I mean, it's almost like what you want to hear, go find it. And that's what a lot of people do, and I'm here to declare to you, that's bad news. You want to find the answer? Right here. This is the good news, the best of all news. It is the truth that sets us free. I I see many people, even myself, I've shut some of my accounts down. I'm so frustrated that, that social media giants are censoring the right or people. I mean, I, even myself on our Facebook, I, I talk about miracles, uh, a healing that actually happened in our service. Bam, Facebook takes it off. What? What? Am I a radical because God healed somebody? Maybe we're turning the world upside down. Amen and amen. Most of the time, we are pushed to focus on the things of the world instead of the things above. Pretty much everything around us is pushing us to focus on the issues and the problems to put us into fear around us instead of relying on the fear of the Lord as our strength. Things that are common in the world are not necessarily common or normal in the kingdom of God, and that's the problem. Because as things start to happen uh, more and more in the world, many people in the church start to believe, well, that's okay, it's common. I've watched the homosexuality movement, homosexual movement, move into areas of the church, and I, I, just, I just need to tell you, I believe in the Word of God. My Bible is the truth. I love people, but I hate sin. I love the people, but I hate the sin. So we know that these things in the world we're starting to get used to. I mean, I've actually been crying out, oh Lord, just let us have 50 in our church service again. I'm like, would I be happy with that? Are you kidding me? Instead of our whole congregation, I'd be happy with at least 50. And I have to process and think, No, this isn't right. I have to find the joy of the Lord is my strength. But the one thing we shouldn't be doing is shutting the churches down. Shutting the churches down. That's not like going and buying a big screen TV, which you can do. That's not like going to a movie and watching a dumb movie you can't do in BC right now. They lumped us in with a movie theater, if you get it. 
Oh, it's just like going to a movie. Church is like going to a movie. Oh, no, 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 no. You see, Christianity is a lifestyle. It, it, gathering together as believers is a lifestyle. It is, my word is clear. The Bible's clear that we must do it. We have to make sure that we don't normalize what's now common in the world that was never normal in the kingdom of God or a Christian's life. Sometimes things are so prevalent and at the forefront from all the news that we begin to normalize these things. You hear what I'm saying? If it's not in here, it's not normal. Luke chapter 8, going to start in verse 11. Luke 8 verse 11, the parable of the sower explained. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word, which is faith, out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Listen to this. And I want to take this scripture, even though Luke is, is sharing a parable of Jesus, I want to take it and apply it today. Those by the wayside are ones who hear then the devil comes and takes away the faith or the word out of their hearts. How does that happen? Taking the commonplace of the world to be normal in our lives? Lest they should believe and be saved. In other words, it actually is saying if we get too wrapped up and live in the effects of the world around us, it becomes our center focus in everything that we do. There's a question on your salvation. Verse 13, but the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, because they're on a rock, who believe for a while and in time of temptation, that word temptation is adversity. In time of adversity, they fall away. How many of you believe that we are in times of adversity? <laughs> I know beyond a shadow of a doubt we are. So you can feel stable on a rock, but your roots have not gone deep enough that when a time of adversity comes, we fall. Verse 14. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, Go out and are choked with cares. What is that choked with cares? It's an anxiety and distraction. That word cares, anxiety and distraction is what it means. And then it says riches and pleasures of life. So let's look at that verse 14. The ones that, 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 that fell among the thorns who have heard, they've heard their faith. They have heard about it. But the anxiety and distractions of the world has shoved them this way and that way, and they pursue riches and pleasures in life instead of faith in Jesus Christ. And bring no fruit to maturity. Verse 15. But the ones that fell on good ground, 
are those who, having heard the word with a noble and a good heart, having heard the word, kept the faith with a noble, with, with, a, with, a, with a valiant and noble heart. They bear fruit with patience. Oh, oh, you bear fruit with patience. So if you've lost patience, you're not bearing the right fruit. Your anxiety is overwhelming you. But we're called to live in the word of God in us. Patience and long-suffering. But we will not fall to the adversities of the world. Luke chapter, sorry, let's just go ahead here. Be careful how you hear and how you listen. It's so, so important. Take a look at Luke chapter 8. Verse 16 to 18. Luke 8, 16 to 18. This is the parable of the revealed light. No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand that those who may enter may see the light. What did we sing about this morning? They didn't know this. They, this, is, this is how God works. Let your light lead the way. I will not be silent. I will always worship you. When you have the light of Jesus in you, you become a lamp to the world. You don't cover it over with the problems and the issues of the world. You don't put it under your bed and hide it because then you'll stumble around your bedroom. But you put it on a lampstand. So when people enter your space in life, they see the light of Jesus Christ. Verse 17, for nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. Look at verse 18, therefore take heed how you hear. How you hear, take heed. How you listen to the news, take heed. How you watch things on Facebook, how on social media, take heed. In other words, be careful, be careful, be careful. For whoever has, if you have the understanding of truth in your life and you have the light of Jesus shining on you and you know that your eyes and your mind are focused on Christ Jesus, you will not heed the ways of the world. You will not heed the things that are going wrong. It will not become your center focus of life. Be careful how you hear and how you listen. Because many times we question what we see, but not how we see. Oh, I question things I see going on with this whole COVID thing. But I need to question how do I see it? I believe Kevin revealed something in his transition today. That we have entered the greatest season of the church. We have entered the season of evangelism like never before. We have entered a season where the valleys are ripe with harvest. Do you see the world the way it is or do you see it through the eyes of who you are? On a boat, as a captain, I've been 
in fog banks and days of fog for many, many times. And when it sets in, what do we do? We slow down. And we focus on our radar, our charts, our compasses, our GPS, and we listen with our ears. We follow our gauges. When the fog sets in around you on a boat, you follow your gauges. You slow down. Many people believe their feelings instead of gauges in their life. There's a fog out there right now. And there's a lot of confusion in the fog. We slow down and we look to our charts and we look to our gauges and we stay focused in our charts and our gauges and we let the Holy Spirit radar beep, beep, beep. But we're not, oh no, there's a fog, there's a fog. And worse yet, oh no, the world has clarity. I will guarantee you the ways of the world are like a fog in a Christian's life. It's interesting fact when people are driving their cars and they go into fog, they think they slow down, but the majority of people actually speed up. It's an interesting fact if you study it, and they actually speed up when they should be slowing down. I want to tell you what, the fog of this world that's going on around us, it is a time to slow down, meditate on His Word, to be at peace with Him and with us personally. Our eyes cannot be focused on what we see in the fog of the world, but instead our eyes must be focused on His Word. Acts chapter 28 Verse 25 to 27, Acts 28, starting in verse 25, this is when Paul was accused of speaking, uh, uh, Paul was accused, and now he's speaking to the Jewish leaders, and he quoted Isaiah, verse 25, so when they did not agree among themselves, in other words, what Paul was saying, and the leaders and the, the, the leaders of the day did not agree among themselves, they departed after Paul had said one word. The Holy Spirit spoke rightly through Isaiah the prophet to our fathers, saying, Go to this people and say, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand. Hearing you will hear and not understand. I was going to say, click, turn the TV on. We don't do that anymore. We got buttons now. We used to have to go turn the knob to on, and that was our volume button. Then we adjusted our rabbit ear antennas to get the best signal. Now we don't even have to do that. It just pops up on my phone, and I don't even want it popping up. It pops up on my phone. Social media. Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. I will guarantee you that if you hear and see the ways of the world and follow into the fear-mongering that is going on around us, I guarantee you, you will be spoken to, you will be hearing and not understanding, and you will be seeing and not perceiving, even though you think you know it all because you've been watching the news. Verse 27, for the hearts of this people have grown dull. Why do you grow dull? Why would a Christian grow dull? 
because they're seeing and hearing of the world issues and it's affecting them. And it's, it's creating the fog around. It's creating a dullness internally. For the hearts of these people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes they have closed. They no longer hear the ways of the Lord of righteousness. They no longer see the clarity of the answers. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn. Because if we turn so that I should heal them. Biblical seeing and hearing is not with human eyes and human ears. Biblical seeing and hearing is with our mind and our hearts. But the mind has to be a renewed mind in Jesus Christ. You see, this verse applied for today is don't let your eyes and ears see and hear the world fog. But let your mind be renewed and your heart see through the love of Jesus Christ. For if we see and hear spiritually, we will live in the incredible times and opportunities that we have at hand now. The fog is foggy, but we've got radar and we've got charts and we are going into the fog to bring light. And when the light comes, it dispels the darkness around us. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world. I want to take that to a super practical. Of course, it's don't live a lifestyle of the word, world. But I want to say it one, more, one little bit more with all this craziness going on around us. And do not be conformed to the fear of what the world is bringing to you. But be transformed. How do you not live in the fear and the fog of this world? By transforming and renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How do we prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? to be transformed with a renewed mind. To be able to walk into a leper colony and lay hands on the lepers and see them recover and be healed in the name of Jesus. And no leprosy will live on our bodies. How do you have a transformed mind? First, you have to live in hope. Any thought that is in your mind that does not inspire hope, it's rooted in a lie. If you don't have hope right now in a certain area, maybe you've lost hope for your future, you've lost hope for your job, you've lost hope for your children, you've lost hope for your marriage, whatever level of hope that you've lost, you need to immediately eradicate that mindset and have a renewed, transformed mind in Jesus Christ. In the middle of COVID, I have not lost hope. Oh, it's tried. 
it's tried to get in. I usually travel 150,000 miles a year internationally and nationally. I haven't been traveling at all. I am processing, oh Lord, do we just open the church up fully? What do we do? How do we do this? And that lying, deceiving devil, he's tried to steal my hope away. But you know what? He can't actually steal my hope. I have to let him have it. And I said, no, you lying, deceiving devil, get behind me, Satan, in Jesus' name. I choose hope in my Lord Jesus, my Father God, in the Holy Spirit in us. My choice is to live a life in the hope, the joyful expectation of good. In the middle of a storm, I will have joyful expectation of good. Another aspect of a transformed mind is when the impossible becomes reasonable. <laughs> when you see an impossible situation, you know and expect God to do the miracle in it. That's a transformed mind. Another way you know if you have a transformed mind or not is you actually live in peace. You don't worry about everything all the time. If you're constantly living in worry, then your mind isn't transformed into the mind of Christ Jesus. And we need to hunger for more transformation, more of His mind in our minds. And then when you speculate the future, it's actually going to be positive, not negative. It's hard for me to hang around people that always pull out in speculation all the what-ifs, all the problems, all the Korea's going to take us over, China's taking us off, all the problems, all the problems, all the problems, all the problems. I'm like, you know what? You sound like the media. You're, you're, I, I have to shut my ears to what you're saying right now. Don't be offended, but I'm putting my Bose noise-canceling headphones on so you get drowned out like a screaming baby on an airplane. Because I can't listen and hear to every negative thing going on. That's not how we live life as believers. With a transformed mind, your questions, your what-ifs are naturally positive instead of negative. <laughs> if your what-ifs are negative all the time, we need to crank up the transformation process a little bit. A transformed mind will actually be that you, you like yourself and rejoice in your weaknesses. Knowing when you're weak, He is strong. I'm not talking about pride. I'm, I'm talking about actually liking yourself because many people don't. I bet you if you ask anyone around and you say, what do you like about yourself? They'll probably be easier to tell you what they don't like about them. I'm not talking pride and boastfulness, no. Another way a transformed mind you're quick to forgive 
and you freely give others grace and mercy. You're quick to forgive. (laughs) And you give others grace and mercy in their life. Not nitpicking and condemning, but grace and mercy. Another way of a transformed mind is you're actually confident and thankful. Because thankfulness protects us from pride. Oh God, I am thankful. Thankful for all that you have given us. I'm thankful for our marriage, my marriage. I'm thankful for our children. I'm thankful for our grandchildren. I'm thankful, Lord God, for the windward and this ministry. I am thankful. And you know what it does? It's no longer, I am Brent Borthwick. I built this. I did it. No, no. I'm thankful, Lord God, that you even allowed us to be a part of this ministry. Be thankful. Another area of a transformed mind, you believe in others and you give them the benefit of the doubt. It's a big one. We're so often easy to judge someone else. When I hear someone say something about somebody, I say, you know what? That actually doesn't sound like the person I know. Oh no, it's true. Well, it doesn't sound like the person I know, but I'll talk with them. Oh no, 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 don't tell, don't talk to them. Don't tell them what I said. Well, then why are you telling me? Are you kidding me? Keep your mouth quiet. Because I want to think the best in everybody around us. When I am weak, he is strong. We must engage God when we are weak, when we're feeling the pressure and we're feeling the stresses and we're starting to feel some depression or some thoughts coming in that are not God. Then we must engage God in those weak times more than we ever have before. Things might not be perfect, but I like how God made me and I like how God made us because he made everything good. The anger issues, the other problems every one of us might experience, those weren't made by God. Those were made by you and me. Oh no, the devil made me do it. No, 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 no. You have to open a door for the devil. If you know Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, I believe that devil has no power and no authority in your life unless you open a door. Well, my wife made me hang on. Well, this person did it. No, this per- no, no, hang on. Just start praising God and thanking Him for who you are and helping you work through your own situations and problems. You cannot be arrogant and thankful at the same time. True thanksgiving takes out arrogance. Thankfulness, it speaks to our humility and it blocks out pride. And thankfulness also produces confidence. So here on this Sunday morning, I thank the Lord for everybody watching this morning. I thank the Lord that we still have enough freedom to be able to create this broadcast right now, to be able to send it into the homes 
and the families of the people. I thank the Lord that we are a country that was built on biblical Christian foundations with moral convictions of our founding fathers. I thank the Lord that that was our foundation. And I pray, oh, I pray for our prime minister and our leaders. I pray that they will have an encounter with Jesus Christ. But I can't let any man or any woman dictate my worship to my Lord. They might be trying to silence us. But they will never, ever stop me from worship. If I ever had a moment where I get to meet our senior leaders of this country, I wouldn't bring biggest Bible in and start smacking them over the head? No. But I'll tell you what, I will bring worship with me. Worship of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Father God, who art in heaven. Hallowed is His name. His kingdom come. His will is being done on earth as it is in heaven. For wherever you walk, wherever you go, wherever you shop, wherever you eat, whatever you do, I implore you, have eyes to see and ears to hear that you and I were created for such a time as this. And we can't change that, but we can change us. And when we change us, we become shining lights, not hidden, not under a bed, but on the table for everyone to see. Maybe you're suffering right now with depression, you're suffering right now with illness or a sickness, a cancer, a tumor, or COVID, whatever it might be. Maybe you're suffering of loved ones that are no longer serving or have no relationship with you anymore. I want to tell you what, I know the answer. Jesus Christ in us doesn't mean we won't be sorrowful but it means we don't live a lifestyle of sorrow it doesn't mean we won't have pain but it means we don't live a lifestyle of pain it doesn't mean that at some times in life we won't have fear sometimes that fear will save your life but it's a healthy fear you know, like maybe you're walking across a road even though you have the, the, the walk to go and a thought comes in, maybe I shouldn't, you turn and you jump back as this car goes screaming past. That's a pretty healthy fear to have at that moment. But not a lifestyle of the fear of the things of this world. That's not the lifestyle we're called into. I want to encourage you here today, this morning. We commit any pain, sorrows, thoughts, just get them out in Jesus' name. I encourage you, wherever you are right now, just stand up. Just stand up right now. Enter into the presence of Almighty God. 
where two or more are gathered, He is there with us. I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, if you're watching online right now, that we come into agreement and unity in the Spirit of God right now. That His healing hand can touch you right now, the healer, the author of the, of the beginning of the end, the, the finisher of things that are wrong in your life to open up the freedom right now. The freedom right now in your room, in your living room, in your car, wherever you might be watching right now. I implore you right now, get rid of the things that are of this world in your minds. And have the eyes to see and the ears to hear of the renewed mind of Jesus Christ in us right now. Oh, I pray. Father, and I thank you. Let's start just thanking God. Let's start just thanking him for the things that he is blessing us with. Because it dispels the things of this world. Father, I thank you. You are a God that loves us unconditionally. I thank you, Father that we all have breath right now as we watch this message. I thank you, God, that your healing power is flowing right now. If you need a miracle right now, just, just reach out and grab it right now. Reach out and touch heaven right now and, and be healed in Jesus' name right now. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you're watching this, just right now believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Repent of your sins and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior right now. It's that easy. And then contact us. Contact a local church in your area. Contact us online that you just received Jesus because we want to connect and contact you back. And maybe you've been struggling. Maybe you know Jesus, but you've been struggling and the turmoil and the pressures and the news and all the social media things have been driving you crazy and depressing you. Then I want to say right now, reignite the fire in your life again today. Jesus name in Jesus name father God we give you all praise all glory and all honor and we will live a lifestyle of Thanksgiving for all the good that you have done are doing and will do and that we get to co-labor with you, Father, to bring in the harvest, to bring in the harvest into the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen.